Welcome back to Experience Eden on This Side of Heaven. I'm Jerry Lee. And I'm Lissa. This episode is entitled, God Blesses Obedience. Obedience is another one of those forbidden words, kind of like submission. So we want to talk about it in terms of what God says about obedience. Yes. So I love words mm-hmm. and the etymology of words and the secular definition versus the Christian definition, which you'd be surprised. Uh, a lot of words in Bible study and a lot of biblical words have very different um, secular and uh, biblical references and definitions. Mm-hmm. So um, obey is the root word of obedience, and it's to behave in accordance with or comply with the command, direction, or request of a person or law. That's obey. Obedience in the secular uh, definition is an act or instance of obeying and positioning oneself under someone by mm-hmm. submitting to their authority and command. Ooh, doesn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah, like no wonder it's one of those ugly Icky. words. Yeah. It's like who wants to be under someone else or feel that way? Mm-hmm, exactly, and I think it's it's our human nature um, in our flesh, biblically speaking, mm-hmm. but also in our nature, um, just in the world. We don't like to feel like we're less than someone or less than something. Um, you can be obedient and be respectful without feeling inferior or less than. And I think um, so many of us have uh, a trigger when it comes to feeling less than. Maybe we've been told we're less than or we inherently feel insecure about certain things. So I think when that button gets pushed and we feel like we're less than, we immediately get defensive mm-hmm. and defiant. Yep. And so I was really interested um what the definition would be biblically speaking and how it relates to God. Um, because we cannot be obedient to God unless we feel loved by him mm-hmm. and, and feel respected by him and that he's acting in our good. So I was really pleased to hear this definition and it is to hear God's word and act accordingly. Sounds, sounds better. Much better. <laughs> it's like, okay, now we're good. Okay, now, that I can do. Yeah. Right. And so it just, it takes off the negativity of it. And I just think that's a beautiful um, reference when you think about like the secular world and society, Mm -hmm. uh, who people and who organizations say we should be and what we should act like. And when you remove that, that emotional filter Mm -hmm. and you really just think about how it relates to God directly, uh, it's just, it's really soothing. So again, the biblical uh, definition to obedience is to hear God's word and act accordingly. God blesses obedience. So that's, that is really the focal point um, of our discussion and really the motivation for what we uh, want to discuss today. And so we really got into God blesses obedience. Why? How? How do we become obedient? And um, we started realizing that obedience is a part of a relationship. Mm-hmm. And it's not, yeah, it's not, it's not, um, a separate act separate from the relationship with God. And we're, we're taught as a very young children, you know, to respect your elders, um, obey your parents and things like that. Um, but a lot of that is Mm fear-based, you know, when you're, when you're a young child, you don't even understand necessarily the respect component. Yeah. Um, so you just kind of do what you're told, you know, listen to mommy, listen to daddy. And then. That negative connotation and and feeling powerless 
over people, you know, dominating you or being better than you. Um, that's kind of where that begins to grow. Mm-hmm. And then as we get older and uh, we make our own decisions to pursue God, that's when we can really start to comprehend what loving and faithful and respectful obedience is. Cause it's not ruled by fear. It's um, ruled by a relationship that's built on love and trust with God. And so we came up with this definition on our own. This is our experience. Eden definition (laughs) is obedience is an invitation to holiness that inspires righteousness. I love that. There's a lot of syllables. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I'll say it again. Obedience is an invitation to holiness that inspires righteousness. And that for us has really been life changing lately. Yes, it definitely has. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you when you think about um, the act of obedience being directly connected to righteousness, um, it, again, it sounds more positive. Mm-hmm. And um, righteousness is one of those big words, too. We can do a whole nother <laughs> series on that one. But um, oftentimes that's where we get it wrong. So we may have a heart for God and be pursuing a relationship with God and want to be obedient to him. But oftentimes when it gets connected to our own righteousness and our own behaviors, um, that's where we start to mess it up. Wanting and doing (laughs) is like two completely different things. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And so often in in the biblical sense of being obedient to God, um, often that righteousness um, goes directly against our fleshly desires. Mm-hmm. That's where we were. Like, I wouldn't say that I'm a defiant person by nature, but when having to make a critical choice um, to be obedient to God, when I feel like it goes directly against what I think is best for me or what I want for me, that's when the two are not in alignment. Mm-hmm. And that's when we act disobedient. Yeah, because we think if we follow God, then, oh, we must not be getting what we want. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Or and fearful of that. Exactly. And then that goes back to that fear-based thing that we learn so early in life is that, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we've always like jokingly people say, well, you know, if it's good for you, it's not fun. (laughs) Or if it's good for you, it doesn't taste good. (laughs) (laughs) True, true. So we kind of have this negative thing where if it's good for us and good for our bodies and good for our health and good for us, then somehow the the joy is taken out Mm -hmm. of it. And getting an alignment with God in terms of uh, righteousness and obedience is exactly the opposite of that secular and that society view that if it's good for you, you're going to be miserable. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. So the biblical definition for us um, that we read again is to hear God's word and act accordingly. And mm-hmm. so that's, um, that's really what we want to um, foster to rewire our thinking from what the secular world has told us to what God wants for us and how Mm -hmm. much more it's going to benefit us in the long run to do it the way God wants to do it. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, one of the quotes we heard on one of our favorite pastors, I think Michael Todd said it is that um, God cannot bless what he doesn't ordain Mm -hmm. or we can't just do whatever we want. And whether it be in a relationship or a career or a lifestyle or whatever, we can't just do what we want, what we think is good for us or what is desirable to us. And then say, okay, God, please, I made all those decisions. Right. Right now bless it. You know, yep. It just doesn't work that way. Exactly. And I think that was a really good reminder. You know, we can't just do whatever we want and then backpedal and ask God like, to God bless be it. in this when yeah. you're going against everything he wants for you. <laughs> exactly. But that's, that's where we fall into the category of, well, it feels good or mm-hmm. it's convenient. 
So please give me that because it's easy. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And then the problem is sometimes we, when we feel like we're acting in obedience and we really have a posture that is surrendered to God. And we have hopefully all said something along the lines of, God, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Mm -hmm. Or give me a sign. Yep. Or just talk to me and let me know what I should do next. Um, one of the problems that we come into there is discernment. Mm -hmm. um, that's something that personally I struggle with because... Same. <laughs> like, is this for me, oh God? Exactly. <laughs> it's so frustrating. Well, there's nothing worse than finally feeling like you're in alignment. Yeah. And you want to be obedient. And then there's silence. Mm -hmm. You're like, wait, just, just give me something. Tell me something. And part of that then is that, um, when God is urging you to do something, sometimes you feel conflicted. Like, is that really God telling me to do that? Or is it my own selfish desires? Mm -hmm. And then you get stuck in all the what ifs and well, what if God's telling me to do this, but I want to do that and I make the wrong decision. And then, so we don't do anything. Yeah. And yep. so we call that decision paralysis. <laughs> it's even yeah. worse. It's, it's terrible it because is. not acting in obedience or mm -hmm. in, essentially in this, in this scenario, doing nothing mm -hmm. is actually disobedience Yep. because we feel like, okay, I'm just going to be cautious. I'm going to sit on this and wait. Maybe God will change his mind. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Maybe I'll get more clarity and we do nothing and doing nothing is disobedience. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's a simple, like a parent to child analogy. If I tell my son, okay, honey, I need you to clean your room. And he hears me and he just doesn't do anything. The act of doing nothing mm -hmm. is disobedience. If God tells you, you know, end that relationship, mm -hmm. don't take that job, whatever God's urging you to do. And you don't do anything because you're so afraid of doing the wrong thing. You are still being disobedient. Mm -hmm. And so that's something like in our Bible study, we've been wrestling with that. Uh, and it covers a wide variety of issues. Um, today, we're going to focus mainly on relationship conflict or relationship issues. Um, but there, this, this obedience thing is really far reaching. Uh, it can be a relationship, ending one or beginning one. It can be um, submitting or apologizing in a relationship. It can be moving. Mm -hmm. Some people... You know, you want to move to a different state or country. And I don't know. What is God telling me to do? So, you know, jobs. It's just, it's endless. Exactly. Exactly. So the, the goal is to be in motion. Um, faith is very much a verb. Mm -hmm. Trust and faith are not abstract ideas or benign words. They're action words. Mm -hmm. So to be in faith and to be in trusting God, you have to be acting. It's not enough just to sit back and say, okay, well, I, I have faith. I believe Jesus Christ died for me, or I trust God to do, you know, what he's going to do in my life. You still have to take the steps. Um, God is not going to come in. You know, he's not a genie in a bottle. He's not going to mm -hmm. come in and poof like magic, do things because that is void of relationship with him. And ultimately what he's seeking is relationship with him. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, in the asking and in the praying and in the discernment efforts, I mean, that is in relationship. But once you're living out that verb of relationship, okay, now you have to act. And so I would caution everybody to not get stuck in the decision paralysis. And I'm guilty of it. I'm not saying I have it figured out, but uh, I'm trying every day to get closer and closer to active obedience, even when I don't have the clarity. 
Yeah, even when you don't know, I just feel like it is important to take that step anyways, because you're building that relationship with God. And if you think this is what he's telling you to do, just do it. Mm -hmm. And if it's the wrong decision, God will help you through it too. But it's not doing anything that is way worse and disobedience. You know, at least yeah. you're trying mm -hmm. to do the right thing. At least you're still taking a step. Even if it doesn't turn out the way you want it, God will still see you through it because you're obeying him and taking that next step. Exactly. And then for me, I had to learn too, because we live in a society of do what makes you happy. Mm. Um, you do you. Yep. <laughs> live your best life. You know, <laughs> all those yep. things, which they all sound great on a t-shirt, but they're not, um, they're not spiritually guided. Yeah. So a good starting point, regardless of the topic that you're struggling with discernment or obedience, regardless of that, a really good starting point is the Bible mm -hmm. and scripture. And first ask, okay, well, what does God say about this? Mm -hmm. um, because all the decisions we make, whether it be a relationship, a career, a move, it impacts other people too. Mm -hmm. Not just us and our relationship with God, but our families and our friends and our people in our orbit or our sphere of influence are also impacted. So a good place to start is the Bible mm -hmm. and see, you know, how does this line up with what God says exactly. about my behavior, you know, yeah. and, and how you're living your life and how like people around you, especially, you know, people who are parents, you have little people who are watching your every move mm -hmm. and they're going to make decisions in their future based on how you respond in, in your season of discernment and your season of uh, navigating through obedience. Um, so we came up with something that sounds really fun. Relinquishing control. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! <laughs> oh my gosh, I hate Isn't it. Isn't that so hard? Oh my goodness. The problem is it sounds so easy. Yeah. Like, give up something. Yeah. You know, and, and the reality is, and we discuss this all the time in our Bible study, is that um, we are in a very goal-oriented, mm -hmm. um, success-driven world, mm -hmm. um, and we are taught that from a very young age, okay? From, like, reaching milestones as a toddler to going to school and getting your homework done and joining sports and practicing and winning the game. And, and we are indoctrinated very, very young to be successful, to be goal-driven, to have your to-do lists and check all the boxes, mm -hmm. And in essence, that's control. Yep. So we are literally taught to be controlling. Yep. Um, and I'm not using that in a negative context because a lot of the things that we have to control are uh, appropriate re responsibilities. Mm -hmm. And so as, as we get older, uh, as our titles increase, you know, you went from a toddler to a student to now a significant other, now a parent, now a CEO, whatever titles that you add to your name uh, requires more um, responsibility mm -hmm. and more control. Yep. And now we're asking you as responsible and respectful and logical adults to relinquish control. It's <laughs> <Just> like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what now? <laughs> and like, even me as a mom in life, I mean, I have so much, I mean, I do literally like control the destinies of other people, yeah. like the schedules and the appointments and the health and the well-being yeah, and everything. It's, I mean, it's a lot of pressure. Mm -hmm. uh, and the reality is um, I love my job. I love being a wife and a mom and, and doing all the things for all the people and, you know, contributing to my church and my friends and my family, all of that. I love all of that. But when I really, really think about it, it sounds kind of nice to relinquish some of that control and some of that responsibility. Not that I want to be irresponsible, but, um, to not 
be the the key holder for everything for all people mm-hmm. actually sounds really good yeah definitely <laughs> like same for me like i wanted to control everything in my life just like everyone else does but when i finally was like everything was out of control and i couldn't do anything about it i'm like mm-hmm. all right lord i'm done <laughs> like you got this and slowly just like doing that more and more just mm-hmm. like you're right i can't control that i know god's in control and the more i put it in his control the better things turned out yeah. and the less stress it was mm-hmm. on me mm-hmm. because it's i didn't have to feel like i was holding so tight and trying to control everything because mm-hmm. i just released it to god i did what i can control and that's mainly what has to do with me mm-hmm. my actions and what i can do and the rest of it i left up to god Exactly. And we discussed this last night at Bible study. It was like, why on earth would I, we think that we can do God's job better than him? Yeah. <laughs> well, why do we think that? I mean, mm-hmm. we think that because we are here and we can touch the people in our lives and mm-hmm. we can speak to the people in our lives that we need to have more influence over them than God. Mm-hmm. And especially if those people that we're discussing uh, are not believers and are not actively seeking a relationship with God, then we think like, oh, okay, we really got to do this now because <laughs> they're not even talking to him and they have no idea what he wants them to do. So we need to tell them what God wants them to do. Yeah. And so especially in uh, romantic relationships mm-hmm. and, and parent to child actually, um, because we do feel like we have so much influence over them. Mm-hmm. And um, not only does not not work, uh, it's actually not biblical. And even worse than not working, it's going to cause conflict. Mm. Um, like we just talked about at the beginning, feeling like you're under someone or being, you know, dictated to or dominated by someone, it, it creates this natural defiance mm-hmm. and conflict. And so here we are thinking we're doing all the good things, G-O-O-D, but we're not doing the God things. Amen. <laughs> we're mm-hmm. not, we're not just giving it to him. Yep. And so you could eliminate so much frustration by working on you and letting God work on the others. And maybe they're not on the same path as you. And maybe they're not at the same pace as you. Again, not your job. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to have all the answers. And I think that's what we're fighting so much for is like, we need the answers to this and this and this exactly. so we can keep that control. But mm-hmm. the truth is we're not going to have all the answers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> on our best day. Yeah. And so the other thing is like with obedience to God, we feel like um, even, you know, like I said, we've prayed that, oh, oh God, please just your will be done in my life. And, and trust me, I've prayed that dozens of times. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, even in those moments, I still kind of think I know what's best for me. <laughs> so I don't completely surrender it because I want to have some control over yeah. it. And it's just crazy making because it, again, doesn't work. And God can't bless me in partial obedience. Mm-hmm. And obedience is total surrender. Yeah. Definitely. It's like, God, can you do this? But go this way. <laughs> we can't, we can't <laughs> manipulate or coerce God. Yeah. And, and thank, thank God we can't. Yeah, exactly. Because if we did, I mean, I could give you an alphabetical litany of things that I asked for that I thought were good. I mean, it's not like, you know, it wasn't bad things. It wasn't yeah. selfish things. It wasn't um, trivial or secular things, arguably good things. And he didn't answer it. And, mm-hmm. you know, it might take 10 minutes or 10 years to realize mm-hmm. why he didn't answer that prayer request. But the hindsight is twenty twenty thing is just 
mind-blowing when it comes mm. to unanswered prayers or um, difficult situations where you're like, God can't possibly want me to have to deal with this, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he loves me more than this, right? <laughs> and we get that mentality. Yeah, and definitely. So then, we, like we were talking about when we were preparing for this, it's like the story of Joseph in Genesis. Mm. I mean, come on. He went through so much and thrown into a pit by his brothers and abandoned, hated by his brothers leading up to that, then sold into slavery, mm. then imprisoned falsely. And he was always obedient to God and faithful to God. And arguably, none of those things are what God wants for his people. He doesn't want them to be enslaved or imprisoned or sold off or disowned by their family. Mm. Um, but God's at work in places we don't see. And Joseph is a perfect example of how God blesses obedience. Um, and so it was just, it's a really, um, this is what I'm talking about. Go back to the Bible. And it's, it's so rich in um, teaching and so rich in real examples of um, how people can be faithful, even in the midst of chaos and frustration. And, and then it also gives the example of how God blesses it. Mm. And it's just so, um, it's so encouraging to see that even in the midst of pain or negativity, God is still at work mm-hmm. and he's working all things for our good ultimately. And so that's super refreshing. (laughs) Definitely. As we lean on him and like you said, in places we don't see it, he's always working. And if you just Mm -hmm. remain in that obedience, he'll bring you through and he'll show you why maybe you had to go through that situation or, you know, maybe why he didn't answer that prayer. And it's for our good ultimately, Mm -hmm. but sometimes we just don't see it in the moment. Yeah. The other thing is, um, going back to like the task oriented thing. Um, we, we want all the steps, mm-hmm. like we want an instruction manual yeah. and the Bible's not that either. Right. <laughs> um, but it's, it's, um, a very good guideline of how to be in relationship with God and how to respect God. Because even though we can read the Bible, we're still going to miss step. Mm. We're still going to miss an instruction. <laughs> we're still mm-hmm. going to miss something or completely fall off track. Um, but the reality is that we want, all the steps we want the angle mm-hmm, exactly we want the angle or like an example that we use in bible study is that we want turn by turn navigation mm. okay we want all the steps laid out that god has planned for us so for example if i was going to leave here in southern california and drive to tennessee tomorrow i would want the, the directions right but if someone said to me all the steps a through z of how to get there every freeway every off-ramp every road like, and just, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'd be lost. I don't know what to do with that. Yeah, I'd be lost. exactly. <laughs> but if someone gave me directions step by step, mm-hmm. if I was just obedient to the first step, okay, how do I get from here to the freeway? Yep. Okay, how long do I have to stay on that freeway? And mm-hmm. I'm obedient slowly, slowly, slowly. Not only will I ultimately get to my destination, I'll be blessed along the way. Mm-hmm. I will be building up confidence in God, mm-hmm. confidence in my faith. Uh, he will he will reward that by giving you. He, the Bible says he's a lamp unto our feet. He guides us step by step, mm. and so not only will we ultimately get to our destination, but each time we take just one step of obedience, we're showing him, Father, I trust you. Mm-hmm. And we know as human beings how good it is to feel trusted. Mm-hmm. When you, when you know someone, like I was thinking about it in preparation for this, like. It's a lot of responsibility and it's very profound, but becoming a parent and seeing this beautiful little baby human who is completely dependent on you and trusts you with their life 
it's such an overwhelming sense of duty. Like I feel so indebted to God for the ability to be a parent and to have this beautiful little human who literally trusts me with his life. Mm -hmm. And I want to make my heavenly father feel that same way. Yes. I want him to feel, God, I trust you with my Mm -hmm. life. And it's sad because as we get older, we lose that. Yep. And and it's heartbreaking because it it creates a separation between us Mm -hmm. and God. Um, You know, even in a romantic relationship, if you feel like that other person doesn't trust you, doesn't feel good. No. And it's, and it's hard to um, build intimacy and build that relationship on a foundation that doesn't have trust. Definitely. And if we're not obedient to God and we're not surrendered and trusting him, that's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And it's really sad. And I mean, most of us can relate to that, that romantic um, analogy. Um, but I don't think we often think about that in relationship with God because we think of him as our heavenly father who loves us no matter what. And that's true. Yeah. But we don't he, think about that relationship, the intimacy of how big trust is mm-hmm. with him. Exactly. And that's what he wants to see from us. You know, he doesn't always promise everything's going to be desirable for us mm-hmm. or that we'll like it. But in trusting him and him knowing, you know, the outcome of whatever the situation is to be, you know, he'll bless that. And he's like Jerry said, he works all things together for our good. Well, like the Bible said, the Bible said. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I quoted it, but you said it first. In the <laughs> exactly. And that's another thing that we were learning in one of our Bible studies recently is that um, our God is so good and he is unchanging. Mm-hmm. He is faithful. Mm-hmm. He is just. He is merciful. He is compassionate. He is so many things that are unwavering and unchanging for generations and generations and generations. We can surrender to him. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's part of the thing. Like we, we don't feel safe. And like we went back to the origin of, of learning to obey someone or something. Um, it, we don't feel like we can do that oftentimes because we are made to feel less than the person or the organization that's uh, enforcing stuff that requires obedience. So, we so often get stuck feeling like, well, we don't want to do that because we can't trust that person mm-hmm. or that organization mm-hmm. with our safety, um, with our success, with our future. And one of the big reminders for this today, guys, is that we can trust God a hundred percent, even when it doesn't seem like it, even when we're in the midst of adversity, mm. we can trust that there is a purpose to this. And maybe it's a lesson. Maybe it's to be redirected. Um, but we can trust an unchanging, faithful, compassionate, loving God completely. And when you mm. think, yeah, <laughs> when you think about it that way, obedience is not as scary. Yeah. And it doesn't seem um, demeaning mm-hmm. or, or degrading to surrender to someone you can trust completely. And there's a safety in that. And there's a beauty in that. And, there's a peace in it because I want nothing more than to just go, I don't have to do it all. <laughs> I don't have to think about all the things and make all the plans and all the, you know, have a, a plan B mm-hmm. and a plan C and a contingency. And the reality is like Lissa said, if we um, pray about it and if we seek God and we read scripture and we act in good faith in a manner that we think is being obedient to God and it's wrong. We got it wrong. Um, I've done it. <laughs> Present. <laughs> I <guess. laughs> But even when that happens, we can trust that God loves us enough mm-hmm. 
to not condemn us, to not judge us. You will sometimes a redirection can be painful mm-hmm. because redirection sometimes means that we have to live out the consequence of a bad decision. Mm-hmm. But again, we don't just make decisions based in our flesh and based on our desires or what we think is best or most convenient or most economical or whatever. Yeah. If you do it from a scriptural and a spiritual standpoint where you're really trying to seek God and you're in the word, you seek the counsel of mm-hmm. a godly friend. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you do take a misstep, God will lovingly redirect you to the right path. You can rest assured in that. Mm-hmm. And that, that's something that just hit me this week. Like, yeah, wait a minute, right. <laughs> you know, cause we, we just, we want to take the right steps. We want to be obedient to God, but we want to do it in a manner that ensures our success. Mm-hmm. And so we always have at least one finger <laughs> on the topic. <laughs> just one, just one. I don't, I'm not manipulating everything, but I just have one finger on it or, you know, and, and it, it really goes against how we've been wired Yeah, by society and family and school and all those things, because we really feel like we have to have it all figured out mm-hmm. and all the answers. Yep. And that's why we have to kind of rewire that thinking. And like we were talking about, it's like, it's a muscle. It's, it's, you know, it's like muscle yes, memory. It's like yes. the more you do it, the easier it gets. At first, you're like, no, I can't do it. Okay, God, go ahead. And then the next time, it's like, it just gets easier and easier. And then you'll start to build that relationship a lot more and trust. Because, like, for me, when I relinquish control to him, like, he, you know, I don't even want what I want. Like, I think I do. And then I mess up. And I'm like, nope, I didn't want that. <laughs> like, you're right, Lord. And then giving yes. him the control. And he's like, no, this is what you need. You know, and it becomes what I want. When you start to pray and talk to God and really, you know, build that relationship, he starts to put those desires in your heart to help you. Mm-hmm. And it's then it gets easier and easier to obey. Exactly. And then, I mean, for me, I stopped praying for things um, and not the tangible things, but like you know, praying specifically for an outcome of something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gave it up. <laughs> Because what on earth do I think I know? Yep. I just, I really was doing it with good intentions. That saying good, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. I was on that road. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. It was so frustrating. I'm like, I think, God, this is a good thing, right? Yeah. And then it would just blow up my face. Uh-huh. So I can sincerely and genuinely say I stopped praying for specific outcomes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I began to pray for God's will to be done in my life. Um, but I didn't end it there. Mm-hmm. I say, God, please have your way in my life. I'm, I'm seeking what you want for me, but I also need the strength, the patience, the spiritual maturity to be okay with whatever that looks like. And I really think a pray, a prayer for God's will to be done in your life needs to have that second part yeah. <laughs> because when you do that or you say that and God is given, you know, over you surrender to him and he starts doing things that make you uncomfortable or, or maybe he starts doing the thing you really didn't want to do. Or maybe he does something completely out of left field that you didn't see coming and you weren't prepared for. And as a result, now you're in disobedience because wait, God, I didn't see that coming. I'm not ready for that. So, you know, Mm -hmm. so praying for his will to be done is a great posture. It's a, it's a great Mm -hmm. posture of prayer, but Without the caveat of do it, God, and then give me the strength and the wisdom to accept what you've done, to be grateful for what you've done, 
to um, flourish mm-hmm. and and really really be able to sit in the space of God's will with gratitude. And that's so important because oftentimes what God does um, for our good doesn't feel so good in the moment. Mm-hmm. And so then that's when we 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 either become defiant or ungrateful or we start complaining or we go, okay, well that didn't work back to my own plan. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And so I think it's important as a reminder because uh, you know, people had suggested to me, okay, you know, pray for God's will to be done. That sounds fantastic. But what if it's not what I want it to be? Mm-hmm. And so then you, I think you really have to pray for God to seek your heart and soften your heart mm-hmm. and to accept what it is that he wants in your life. Definitely. And I think he starts to like test that too. You know, it starts with the little things. Mm-hmm. He's not just going to throw this huge thing, this like life altering. Yeah. Life altering thing at you. It starts in the little things like, okay, if I can trust her with this, then now I can trust her to take this mm-hmm. next step. And you know, so I think just the more you give into that, the more he'll, like you said, show you the next step. You know, so maybe he's asking you to serve someone. Maybe he's asking you to stay an extra hour later, you know, to help someone in need. And those Mm -hmm. are the little things he's looking for to see, you know, if you trust him and you really are giving your heart to him. Exactly. I'm so glad you said that because, Mm -hmm. um, uh, again, another Michael Todd quote, but he was talking about, you know, God, God doesn't like vision. He lacks vessels. Mm. So he has all the ideas for all the awesome things. But does he have willing participants in us? Yes. Are we seeking, are, are we empty vessels that are seeking to be filled with God's desires for our mm-hmm. lives? And, and exactly what Lisa just said, if he can't trust us, like, for example, this is a perfect example of doing the podcast. Um, this is something that he put on our hearts, but it never would have come to fruition if we didn't just, okay, God, I'll lead a Bible study. Okay, God. Yep. I'll open my home and have ladies over and we'll talk about you and we'll glorify you mm-hmm. and we'll praise you. Mm-hmm. Um, all of the greatest pastors, they had to start somewhere. They yeah. had to minister to one person before they ministered to millions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I don't think we really think about this. Sometimes. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that because um, just a posture of obedience, you know, I think he will bless us in this. And, and by blessing us in this, I mean, he's going to bless everyone within the sound of our voice that can, be encouraged yeah, and, and feel, um, feel that invitation to holiness and that it's not something that places us beneath God. It's something that places us within relationship with God. And there's a big, huge difference, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, um, obviously we're beneath him in terms of sovereignty and holiness and all of those things, but being in relationship with him is, is such a holy space and it requires, if we're going to do it right, it requires obedience. Yeah, we have yeah. to. Trust us, we did not feel equipped to do this podcast. <laughs> no, not at all, but we're doing it but because we're being obedient. Exactly, exactly. And we've been so blessed by it already. Yeah. And I'm so thankful that he put it on our hearts. Amen, amen. And, well, this is the thing. This is the goal. So um, we're not perfect. Um, we're going to make mistakes. But say we're that trying. again. <laughs> Famous last words. I'm trying. <laughs> but... But again, it's the relationship with him. And I mm-hmm. think obedience is, um, is the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, biblical obedience and it's an act of surrender, mm-hmm. uh, humility, yep. absolute humility, um, reverence for God. Mm-hmm. Um, these are, these are big loaded words, but, um, you know, 
to truly surrender in obedience, we have to feel those things for him. Um, we have to desire to be in his presence. We have to revere him. We have to see him holy. We have to trust him. We have to have faith in him. But ultimately, we have to love him. And when you think about it, you know, our most intimate relationships where we feel the most intense love in our human relationships, that's where we surrender the most, mm -hmm. right? You do mm -hmm. the most for the people you love the most. Mm -hmm. And it, the same goes for the relationship with God. I can completely surrender to my God now because I trust him. I revere him. I am surrendered to him. I am humbled beneath his feet. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I can feel completely at peace and not just at peace, but joyful of being obedient to whatever it is that I feel him doing. And the, the other part is too, you know, we pray for things. We're talking a lot about prayer and discernment and what God wants us to do. And so often we pray for things and people and relationships mm -hmm. and circumstances and we hear silence mm -hmm. or things don't change. Um, and the reality is when that happens we also have to start looking upward and inward. So if we're praying for all the things and the people around us to improve yeah. <laughs> and nothing is happening, um, maybe we should ask God to seek our heart and um, what is it that he wants to change within us. Uh, and I think sometimes we miss that because it's human nature to think that if all the people and places and things around me change, I'll be happy. Mm. And life will be so much better. <laughs> right? So often in romantic relationships, if that other person would just change, yeah. then we'd have a great relationship. <laughs> they would just do everything I want them to do. We'd have no yeah. issues. And never mess up. It would be perfect. Yeah. yeah. And so the, the reality, too, is that, um, you know, our God, our Savior, Jesus Christ, came to serve mm. and to not be served. Amen. And when you take a posture of um, service to our God, service to others, there is so much joy in that humility and that obedience to God. I mean, those are his commands. Mm -hmm. Love your God with all your heart. Love your neighbor as yourself. And so once we are in submission to God and surrender to God and we're exercising obedient loving behavior to him, all of the relationships around us can't help but improve. Mm. And it has nothing to do with the other people. It's because we are improving. Mm. And we, oftentimes obedience sounds like it renders you powerless and not at all. Biblical obedience is empowering. Mm -hmm. It's, um, I always joke, you know, I don't, I don't worry about who's right or wrong anymore. Because even if someone's wrong, I am committed to responding with righteousness, period. So that's another thing in relationships, you know, well, you know, he, he was mean or he did something wrong. And so you, you retaliate or mm. act in like kind or sit in the corner and pout, whichever it may be. But the reality is when you respond with obedience mm -hmm. to what God is urging you to do and you only worry about you, that act of obedience, surrender to him, glorifies him. And he will bless us. Um, we were kind of sharing some stories before we started this. And we've all been in conflict with someone. All of us. And I, on varying sever severity, um, whether it can be like a, a marriage blowout mm -hmm. or a problem with a friend, whatever the case may be. Um, and, you know, one or both of you will say your piece and storm off back into your corners of the ring. <laughs> and, you know, huh, I'm going to wait for an apology. 
or that person was so wrong. I can't believe they treated me that way, blah, blah, blah. And I know we've all been in that situation where we felt the tugging on our heart, mm. regardless of what was said, regardless of the issue, regardless of the intensity or the intimacy of the relationship. We have all felt a tugging on our heart to go apologize. Mm. Right? Yep. And we have all, and yes, I'm going to speak for all of us. We have all denied that. <laughs> I was going to say, but did we do it though? <laughs> right? Exactly. Um, but it's, it's really hard to behave in righteousness when we're emotional. Mm. But when you surrender to God and you trust in his holiness, when you trust in his sovereignty, when you trust in his love for you, you worry a lot less about that. When you are faithful that God is going to act on your behalf. You don't worry. Like, I think we worry sometimes that we're losing some kind of battle when we apologize. Like an apology doesn't cost you anything. Nope. It doesn't diminish your value. It doesn't diminish your intelligence. It doesn't diminish or change your position in whatever the conflict was, whether it was argument or whatever. Apologizing and trying to mend the relationship to reconcile that is an act of obedience to God and it's righteousness. And in fact, it's loving. Mm -hmm. um, and it's often required. I mean, someone has to apologize or you end up with these relationships where people don't talk for 20 years yeah. and half the time they don't remember what they're not talking about. Mm -hmm. And so it's it, an ego too. Oh, totally. Thing. Totally. Mm -hmm. Totally. And when we get our feelings hurt and we again, feel diminished or inferior or whatever, or any of those things, um, the tendency is to remain defiant. There's that word again. Um, but when you feel God urging you, I, I'll be honest, when I have been in conflict with people and I've apologized to them, and especially when it's not really like <laughs> you could argue I didn't have to apologize because maybe I wasn't the wrong one or vice versa. Um, when the person is humbled to apologize, it is so healing. Mm -hmm. It feels so good to have someone give you a genuine apology. And nine times out of 10, the person receiving it goes, I'm sorry too. Yeah. <laughs> you know right? I mean? Because that act of obedience and that unconditional love and that attempt at reconciliation is just so soothing to your soul in that moment that you don't feel that defiance anymore. Mm -hmm. You don't feel like you have to attack or, or retaliate anymore. Those feelings are now removed and the relationship is in a place where it's healthy and it can mm. be reconciled and there's humility and there's love. And it's such a beautiful moment. And I'm sure, I'm sure you've been there. I'm sure um, most people listening have been there where you've apologized and the other person just melts. Mm -hmm. oh, I'm so sorry too. We didn't mean it. I love you. I love you more. And it's, and yeah. it, it, it gets healed. And isn't that more important? Like, isn't yes. it more important to just act in that obedience and just, you know, try and apologize and mend that relationship rather than letting your ego and be hard and, mm -hmm. you know, disrupting those relationships. It's like, what do you want? What's <laughs> that old saying? You want to be right or happy? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <Right. laughs> it's true though, because we get so caught up in, um, we get so caught up in being right. Mm -hmm. And we, we don't realize that in that moment when we're being hard hearted, when we're being retaliatory, or stonewalling even. Maybe you're just sitting in the corner and you're not saying a word, but it's passive aggressiveness and nastiness. Yep. Um, in that moment, you're not being righteous. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to change it. Instead of you want to be right or happy, do you want to be right or righteous? Yes, I love that. Right? Yep. 
Because ultimately, that other person doesn't matter to your salvation. Mm -hmm. Period. Nobody we're in conflict with, nobody nobody we're in love with, (laughs) matters to our salvation. Mm -hmm. All of these things will pass away. We're here for a very short period of time. Mm -hmm. And I have gotten to a place in my life where I am not going to compromise my integrity or my salvation or my position with God for someone else. Yes. Period. They're not worth it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're just not worth it. And we often, we lose sight of that when we're emotional or we feel, um, we feel wronged or we feel offended. Um, you know, I jokingly say like, you know what, if somebody is wrong, let them be wrong all by themselves. Sit over there in your wrongness. It feels good too. Like it, it, again, I'm so glad you said the part about the muscle memory because, um, when you respond to wrongness with righteousness, I promise you it will feel so good and Mm -hmm. not in a self-righteous, nasty way, but in a peaceful way. Yes. And a weird thing happens when someone is legitimately wrong and you respond to them with kindness. It's like tears a hole and time won't continue. And they're like, what the heck just happened? (laughs) (laughs) It it creates that, that space for healing. Like I said, and uh, it's just such an interesting concept to to maintain righteousness and to not react. And we talked about it in a previous episode, like not everything requires a response. Yep. And, you know, we can feel super offended, um, but it might be I'm just in a bad mood. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. I had a bad day at work and now something you said at home really bothers me, but tomorrow it might not have bothered me. You know, like it's um, we're our emotions are very subjective, mm-hmm. but God is not subjective. God is holy and sovereign and always acting in our good. Mm -hmm. So we can trust that, that being righteous and surrender and obedience to him will be used for our good. And the other person doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Really relationships come and go, you know, and, and God, I love it. Last night, one of the girls in our Bible study, Crystal, she said, sometimes God makes edits. And I I just thought it was so great. Like edit, delete, (laughs) (laughs) take somebody out of your life. And it might be painful, but it was ultimately for the greater good. So when God does those things, try to resist the urge to be defiant. Mm-hmm. Learn with it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And try to resist the urge um, to maintain control and see what he's doing mm-hmm. because um, we can trust him. Amen. It's just that simple. God blesses obedience. God blesses <laughs> obedience. I think that's the perfect way to end. Right? So we're going to pray now for everybody, ourselves included. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this time together. Lord, thank you for all the circumstances and the conflicts that have allowed us to work out our muscle memory, Lord, our righteousness muscles, our obedience muscles, Lord. And thank you for your sovereignty, for your unchanging greatness, your holiness, your love, your compassion, your mercy, Lord. Thank you so much that we can trust you, that we can surrender to you without fear. We can surrender to you without defiance. We can be obedient to you as a matter of our integrity and our love for you and not be concerned with what anyone else is doing, Lord. We ask that you send the Holy Spirit to us in conflict, Lord, that everyone within the sound of our voices uh, will hear this message and feel um, the empowerment of obedience, that the shackles and the chains of um, the fear of obedience or um, the denial of wanting to submit to you Let it be removed today, Lord. I hope this discussion unlocks something in the hearts of our listeners, Lord, 
that they feel empowered and equipped now to deal with difficulties from a posture of obedient love and surrender to you, God. We ask that you um, honor this obedience. We ask that as we take one step of faith, as we take one step of obedience, Lord, that you will reveal to us that we're on the right path and light our steps, Lord. We ask for guidance. And most of all, we want to praise you, Lord. We give you all glory now and forever. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Bye.